Good morning. Welcome to We've Got It Done. We're continuing on in Alex Ortega's book, The Source. Today, we're reading chapter 12, titled, What of the Comforter? What of the Spirit of Truth? What is the greatest gift? Beginning with Acts, chapter 4, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It says no other name but Jesus. You get that? No other name. No Holy Spirit, no Holy Ghost, no other name. Jesus. Acts 4.12 Uh-oh. I don't know where I got that one. Okay. Uh, okay, and... Uh, What is that name? Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus is enough. The Father is satisfied with the perfect work of Jesus. There is no one else able to save in the plan of salvation. Does John contradict this elemental truth in his Gospel chapters 14 and 16 or anywhere else? John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Verses 13 through 14. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And 16 through 18. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jesus said, He is the truth. When he went to heaven, there would be another comforter to be in them. I will come to you. The Spirit of truth would be in them. John 15, verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. John sixteen twenty five. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs. But I shall show you plainly of the Father. So Alex Ortega asks a question. Will the testimony of Jesus satisfy the honest in heart? There's a reference here, R.C., page 200. I can't think of the, what that stands for at the moment. Let's just go ahead and read it. Let them link up with one another and with Christ. Let them study the 17th of John and learn how to pray and how to live the prayer of Christ. He is the comforter. He will abide in their hearts, making their joy full. His words will be to them as the bread of life. And in the strength thus gained, they will be enabled to develop characters that will be an honor to God. 8 Manuscript Release 49, July 16, 1892 The Savior is our Comforter. This I have proved him to be. I do not understand why I am so afflicted. At first I tried to reason out why I did not have strength to bear my testimony to the people 
in this country, but I try no longer. Eight manuscript release, 57. Christ comes as a comforter to all who believe. He invites your confidence. He says, abide in me, abide in me. Surely we may trust in our loving Savior. You can say, yes, my Savior, in thee I can and will trust. I will abide in thee. Then how trustfully you can work in his presence. Your works will be but the fruit of Christ working in you. 8 Redemption Series, page 66. Aquila and Priscilla listened to this able speaker and saw that his teaching was defective. He had not a thorough knowledge of the mission of Christ, his resurrection and ascension, and of his spirit, the comforter, which he sent to his people. 19 Manuscript Release, 296 and 297. Preston, Melbourne, July 23, 1892. The nights are long and painful, but Jesus is my comforter and my hope. Today, I have been able to sit up very little. In him, all fullness dwells. He has grace and pardon for every soul. As by faith we look to Jesus, our faith pierces the shadow, and we adore God for his wondrous love in giving Jesus the comforter. Desire of Ages, page 367. Jesus did not seek to attract the people to him by gratifying the desire for luxury. To that great throng, weary and hungry after the long, exciting day, the simple fare was an assurance not only of his power, but of his tender care for them in the common needs of life. The Savior has not promised his followers the luxuries of the world. Their fare may be plain and even scanty. Their lot may be shut in by poverty, but his word is pledged that their need shall be supplied, and he's promised that which is far better than worldly good, the abiding comfort of his own presence. Ministry of Healing, page 423. Jehovah hath anointed me, he said, to preach good tidings unto the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to proclaim the year of Jehovah's favor, to comfort all that mourn. Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of Truth. Two manuscript release, page 337. Jesus comes to you as the Spirit of Truth. Study the mind of the Spirit. Consult your Lord. Follow his way. If you yield to the dictates of the mind and flesh, your spirit will lose its proper character and balance and you fail to discern and cannot appreciate moral power, then you will seek to carry out the maxims of worldlings. So we can't give in to the dictates of our mind and flesh, can we? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, S.W. October 25, 1898. I can't think what that is. Um, Christ was the spirit of truth. The world will not listen to his pleadings. They would not accept him as their guide. They could not discern unseen things. Spiritual things were unknown to them. But his disciples see in him the way, the truth, and the life. And they shall have his abiding presence. They shall have an experimental knowledge of the only true God and of Jesus Christ, whom he hath sent. The Greatest Gift Three Manuscript Release 323 God's greatest gift is Christ, whose life is ours, given for us. 
Signs of the Times, December 30, 1889. The greatest gift that God could bestow upon men was bestowed in the gift of his beloved Son. The Apostle says, He that spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? There was nothing held in reserve. We're looking at the greatest gift. That was Jesus. Signs of the Times, February 7, 1878. He wants you to come into that position where he may grant you the gift of immortality. He has given you the gift of his son, the greatest gift that heaven could bestow. Education, page 73 and 74. Through Christ had been communicated every ray of divine light that had ever reached our fallen world. It was he who had spoken through everyone that throughout the ages had declared God's word to man. God's greatest gift was bestowed to meet man's greatest need. Oh, YRP. I guess I should look up some of these references, but just search Ellen White Books, YRP, 284. In giving the Holy Spirit, it was impossible for God to give more. To that gift, nothing could be added, but by it, all needs are supplied. The Holy Spirit is the vital presence of God. Wow. The Holy Spirit is the vital presence of God. It was impossible for God to give more. So the spirit of truth is Jesus. The comforter is Jesus. The greatest gift is Jesus. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. God could give no more. He gave all heaven in one gift. And I would like to add at this point, right in here, this is me, not the book, because I don't want to add to his books he's requested. So um, where in John it says to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all Jesus. They're titles. They're not three people. Jesus is the everlasting Father, He is the Son, and He is the Holy Spirit, as we're reading here. So, when they baptized people in the New Testament, it was always in the name of Jesus. So, the Spirit of Truth is Jesus. The Comforter is Jesus. The Greatest Gift is Jesus. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. God could give no more. He gave all heaven in one gift. Christ Object Lessons, page 105. God does not conceal his truth from men by their own course of action. They make it obscure to themselves. That's interesting. Um, wait, 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 I'm going to read that again. That's not good. Okay, where did it go? God does not conceal his truth from men by their own course of action. They make it obscure to themselves. Yeah, people get an idea, and then they go to the Bible to prove their idea, instead of just simply seeing what God says. Open-minded, neutral, no preconceived ideas, no bigotry. Christ gave the Jewish people abundant evidence that he was the Messiah, that his teaching called for a decided change in their lives. They saw that if they received Christ, they must give up their cherished maxims and traditions. Their selfish, ungodly practices that required a sacrifice to receive changeless eternal truth. And I would just add here that it's kind of the same today. People have cherished maxims and traditions. Their traditions of worshiping on Sunday, of uh, believing that when they take communion, it's really the body of Jesus. 
but the priest has the power to give it life to their tradition of confessing to a person their belief in that you don't die that you go to hell or heaven immediately at death or that etc baptism by sprinkling or all kinds of things their traditions and maxims and they don't want to give them up because all their family is that all their friends are that they'll have to go their own way alone maybe maybe have discord in their family it required like as it said here it required a sacrifice to receive changeless eternal truth therefore they would not admit the most conclusive evidence that god could give to establish faith in christ they profess to believe the Old Testament scriptures, yet they refuse to accept the testimony contained therein concerning Christ's life of character. They were afraid of being convinced, afraid to be convinced, lest they should be converted and be compelled to give up their preconceived opinions. The treasure of the gospel, the way, the truth, and the life was among them, but they rejected the greatest gift that heaven could bestow. So Alex says here that the very next paragraph points to the reason this truth is rejected by the churches. Christ Object Lessons, page 106. Among the chief rulers also many believed on him, we read, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. John twelve forty two. They were convinced. They believed Jesus to be the Son of God, but it was not in harmony with their ambitious desires to confess him. So Alex says here that it has been recognized by thinking men in every age. It's dangerous to be right when the establishment is wrong. Boy, isn't that the truth? Our next chapter 13 is the fundamentals. Okay. My computer is a pill. Changing the fundamentals. Okay. So now we're getting into history and what happened in the churches next. We will read about that in the morning. God bless you, brothers and sisters. May your day be full and satisfying.